0: Welcome to International Podcast Month, or IPM. IPM 2019 is brought to you by our Indiegogo producers, Richard Kreutz-Landry, Robert Anderson, The Drinking and Screaming Podcast, The Ostium Network, Damian Sidlow, Max Kasparek, Aaron Keon, Kyle Decker, Rocky Lee, Ryan Bolter, and Neon Green Tiger. A very special thank you to all of our Indiegogo supporters and to the IPM organizational team. And now, on to the episode.
1: Shadowy
2: conspiracies, ravening beasts, the cold embrace of the Void, these are just some of the dangers awaiting those who stand between the innocent and the multitudes ready to destroy everything we
3: believe in. And the way our heroes roll, whether in Warhammer 40,000, Delta Green, Numenera, or any number of other games we've tried, they'll probably encounter these dangers
1: sooner rather than later. Join us at theredactedfiles.com. It's more like she's going to cut in front of you in the lunch line and pretend nothing happened.
4: Writing Alchemy is a storytelling podcast that centers intersectional characters, including a fairy tale series that combines humor and magic with serious topics, and a tabletop role playing series about the adventures of disabled and mentally diverse heroes. Check out Writing Alchemy at writingalchemy.net or subscribe on Stitcher, iTunes, or Google Play.
2: Hi, this is John. Welcome to In- International Podcast Month. We'll be playing a game using Forfright called uh, Pandora's Dream. With me, I have Faye.
4: Hi. I'm Phaonix, Onyx, and my pronouns are Z in here, and I'm going to be playing Salvinia, who is a Nixie, and one of the things that's going on for her, and she's got she, her pronouns, is that she can perceive, like all of the different possible outcomes of different actions. So kind of like perceiving uh, potential futures. And sometimes this is overwhelming for her, and sometimes it's helpful. And she finds it the most overwhelming in social interactions, particularly with talking. So she has some pretty intense uh, social anxiety. But she's also very um, determined and she's all about trying to prevent injustices uh, from happening to others.
2: Also with us is Whitney.
4: Hi, my name's Whitney, and uh, my pronouns are she, her.
3: I'm going to be playing Frekka, and she is a werewolf based on the archetype of the big bad wolf. She is mostly wants to be a soft forest gardening wolf drinking tea, but then people like to come and trump, and she doesn't have a lot of patience and maybe has a couple anger issues. So she's trying real hard to be friendly and deal with people, but sometimes it's very difficult. So <laughs> she's super interested in like justice and making sure that the right gets served. She's like hella Gryffindor, let's be
2: real. <laughs> I'm John, he, him, and I'll be the GM i'm going to start by giving an introduction of the world welcome all to the lands of tome the land lost amongst the clouds a world as vast as it is diverse these lands are the manifestation of a collective imagination left to run wild here in tome medieval towns desert oases, and fairy tale kingdoms can be found alongside them forgotten ruins sprawling metropolises and cities of the future. The inhabitants are born from the minds of the visitors to Tome. Some visitors come in frequently, while others spend a great deal of time here. They go by many different names, come from many different places. They are called storytellers, and Tome is where storytellers come to imagine. You are part of a secret organization that finds its home here in Tome. The organization is led by a woman that's both founder and namesake, Pandora. Pandora's members are a collection of infamous and misunderstood folklore creatures. As members, you're expected to have learned the moral of your stories and joined to make Tome a better place. Your mission is to protect home from the creatures who want to end the telling of stories and unmake happily ever afters. A detective contacted Ms. Pandora with a request for a private meeting at his agency. Having failed to piece together the case on his own, he reached out to Pandora on the behest of his client. Like most detectives, he was hard boiled with a chip on his shoulder. Unlike most, he was smart enough to recognize when he was in over his head. Ms. Pandora placed the task in your capable hands. Your team is to meet with the detective and figure it all out. It was time you paid a visit to Grim Noir. Grim & Noir greets all his guests the same, offering cold wind gusts and a colder drizzle. The endless rain is enough to depress even the most cheerful of mood. You find yourself cast in the same sepia tones that cling to the near-featureless surroundings. You're buzzed into an old brownstone apartment building, ascend to the top of a flight of stairs, and stand before an office door. Text painted in bright red on the door's opaque glass panel reads, Humpty Dumpty's Detective Agency. <laughs> You enter into the office, and you are greeted by Humpty Dumpty himself. Come on in. My name's Humpty Dumpty. He holds a hand out to the wolf.
3: So Freka is average size. She's probably about 5'7", built like, um, almost like a powerlifter. She's stocky. She's uh, definitely muscular, um, holds herself really centered. Um, You definitely would like her to have your back in the fight. Her eyes are a yellow green, and she usually, even when she's on cases, is wearing well-broken-in jeans and probably a flannel shirt with a cool jacket over that has a ton of pockets for everything she needs.
4: So, uh, she's in uh, a human-looking person at the moment. Is that true?
3: Yes. Yeah. She's she's in her human persona right now. When she. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. When she becomes a wolf, um, she is. Oh, I guess. Her hair color is sort of a sandy blonde um, with some dark brown. And so when she it takes her wolf form, she's mostly browns and gold with a little smattering of black across her spine. Cool.
2: So here in Grim Noir, pretty much everything is washed out in monochrome. But there would be a one distinctive feature that would be like a splash of color. What would that be for for you?
3: Ooh, probably her eyes.
2: Okay, so Humpty Dumpty shakes her hand and then extends a hand to Sylvia? Salvinia. Salvinia, thank you.
4: So Salvinia is humanoid. She's about five feet tall and she's a little bit, uh, looks a little bit like a frog. So she's got webbed hands and feet and she's got pale uh, gray green skin that has darker olive stripes and patches. And she's got long hair that looks like water weeds. And another very distinctive feature is that the clothing she's wearing is made out of living water plants that have been woven together. And she's got a large bag of that's just jammed full of all sorts of things with her. And so she's going to take Humpty Dumpty's hand and and shake it. And she's just gonna say, Salvinia.
2: He pauses as if he was expecting, like more, and then when he realizes <laughs> <laughs> nothing, well. she will
4: take her hand back <laughs> nervously. Yeah, <and> so, <laughs> like okay.
2: He said, "Well, please sit down." And he extends a hand towards two chairs that are sitting. On one side of a desk, he circles around the desk and sits down in his chair.
3: Great. Freka takes the chair that's closest to the door, um, makes sure she can see both the door and any other potential
4: entrances. Salvania sits in the other chair.
2: So as they're looking around, for, um, there is actually a door off to one side towards the front of the office. It's basically the office is, looks to be like a two- probably is a two room but beyond that door is a small waiting room area that's currently closed it's like well the reason i've asked you here is uh, my client asked that i get in contact with pandora i've kind of run into a dead end here and i'm hoping that involving you all will make a difference and he just hands you a manila folder to hands uh sylvania
4: oh good because sylvania wanted that folder uh (laughs) she takes it and immediately starts looking through it
3: and freka's like trying to see crane her crane her neck and being like hey what is it tell me the things
2: all right so you look through the (laughs) manila folder and it looks to be reports of several authors that have gone missing from their homes Uh, You're going to take the time to read through everything?
4: Well, it kind of depends. Is Humpty Dumpty just sitting there while we go through the folder? Yeah. Okay. That's fine. I'm happy to
3: say. So while my compatriot uh, takes a look through the file, can you give me a quick overview of sort of what you found and sort of the... The oddities of the case where you're hitting the wall?
2: Well, the oddities are that each of the victims were taken from their home and their door was left wide open for whatever reason. Nothing was stolen from the home, but... They just simply disappeared and it was odd to see the door thrown wide open. Now, something he, he points out is there's a little baggie that looks have like some sort of thread in it that was in the manila envelope.
4: Oh yeah? What's the thread look like?
2: So you look at the thread and it looks to be a cluster of th- thin threads. If you can do a skill check, you may derive a little more information about it.
4: Oh, she's ready to do that skill check.
2: Okay. <laughs> but, but let me give you the rest of the information. Like, were you going to look and check that out before looking through the rest of the envelope?
4: Well, he's talking about yes. it, so I think she's going to be staring at it.
2: All right. So give me a skill check. The way it works is you roll a D20 on a seven or less you have a setback you won't where you don't get any information. From eight to fourteen, you have an exchange where basically you'll get information but you may not get all of the pertinent details or it's something that takes you a long time to accomplish from a 15 or higher is a win where you basically get all the information you can have so from 15 to 20 if you have a plus 1 or higher or plus 2 in this case you potentially can get a 21 or 22 at which pace you would also earn yourself a boon and a boon is like a token that you can use to spend to give you some benefits we'll cover that when we get to it Each one of you start the game with one boon. All right.
4: Cool. So uh, I rolled a 12 and I have a plus two. So that's a 14. So that's, I believe that's the highest possible partial success. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh, well. At least it's not a failure.
2: (laughs) There's that. Um, You spend some time looking at the thread. It looks to be definitely spider Silk. It's something that it's usually difficult to differentiate that between, say, caterpillar silk or maybe some other creature. But you can, you can tell from certain with your from your experience that this is definitely spider silk.
4: She's got a lot of experience with animals, uh, so yeah, she's. Um, so I think she's going to show the bag to Freka and whisper in Frekka's ear. It's spider silk.
3: Hmm, interesting. If I roll, can I try to smell it? I don't know if it'll tell me anything, but I'm a wolf, so I'm going to smell it.
2: Since you are a wolf, I'm going to say that you can smell it because that is something you can do, and we'll just, you know, you can, you can cooperate that it is definitely spider silk.
3: Cool. Do I smell anything else? Like, can I roll to see if I smell, I don't know... Perfume or anything like that on it.
2: What you, smell, you also smell is maybe a little dust.
3: I sneeze. A lot. And I'm like, yep, spider <laughs> suck, but good lord. Alright.
2: <laughs> all right. All right. You go through <clears throat> the rest of the envelope? Mm-hmm.
3: Alright.
2: So, in going through it, you also find that there were a, a handful of reports of a loud wailing the night one or two of the authors went missing. There's Looks to be 13 authors in total, including Lauren, who he points out. Lauren's home was the one that had the spider silk. But also, in addition to that, there was reports of damage to one of the gutters outside of her home.
4: So what's what's this person's name?
2: Lauren Hope.
3: Lauren Hope. So what you're saying is that Lauren Hope is our best lead since we have the most amount of evidence around her disappearance.
1: Correct.
2: And also, he mentions that that's also who his client came to him to to get his help with. And he says that the client's actually sitting in the waiting room if you would like to talk to her.
4: Salvinia looks at Frecca to respond. Absolutely. All right.
3: So Freka looks back and nods and says, sure, that would be great. I'd be happy to talk to the client.
2: He gets up, goes to the door, opens it and says, come in, Pandora's here. Out walks a long-legged bird with owl's head and long, like wide wingspan kind of curled up around her in the same sepia tones that everything else here is taking except for. Uh, fiery red mane around her neck. She introduces herself as Benisi and offers a wing.
3: Uh, Freca reaches out and shakes it. Says, it's nice to meet you. I'm Freca, uh One of the detectives from Pandora.
4: Salvinia shakes the wing. Just says Salvinia.
2: Oh. She, she uh... After finishing the greeting, she is, goes into... Explaining that, yes, um, I appreciate you looking into this. I'm very concerned about Lauren's disappearance. Uh, I I feel terrible. I was supposed to be seeing her the day she went missing, but I had to turn around because I got caught out in a rainstorm. I mentioned this to uh, the Kingsmen, and as aside, Kingsmen are the effectively PD of tone. What you probably know about them is they're grossly incompetent for the <laughs> most part, but they 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 mean well, except for, you know, any type of, in most of the tasks that come their way, they are not able to accomplish unless it's small time. Uh-huh. You know this about them.
3: Excellent. So knowing that, I roll my eyes when she says she talked to the Kingsman about it, but I try to do it. Quasi respectfully. <laughs>
2: <Okay. laughs> so I had mentioned to the, the Kingsman that something was missing. It was the dream catcher I had made for her as a uh, as a gift. Uh, she is, after all, was my creator, and I had I made it especially for her. It's not anything particularly expensive, but it was missing from her room.
1: Mm,
3: that's certainly odd um, and we're so sorry to hear that you know your creator has gone missing this must be very hard and we we appreciate you coming to us so we can help you we'll see what we can do for sure um, was there anything else out of place or odd that you happened to see when you were there
2: no everything I mean other than the door being thrown open I, there was nothing else missing it was, just, it was particularly odd to, for it to be missing because it's most, mostly made of uh, sticks and yarn and a bit of twine, I, I wouldn't have thought it would be valuable to anyone. Mm.
3: Frecker makes a, a mental note of it. There's so many things that go bump in the dark, so she's gonna keep that tucked away.
4: Quick question uh, uh, from me, the player. Did you say that there was a sign of struggle at this house?
2: no there there wasn't any sign of a struggle it was odd it's like the door was definitely open it wasn't broken in it was thrown open the damage to the gutter was like the only damage but it wasn't didn't appear to be a sign of struggle was this damage that benisi pointed out was not there before
4: damage to what
2: a, a one, one of the gutters outside of Lauren's home.
4: Ah, damage to the gutter
2: outside.
3: Yeah. Um, and also quick question is, Player, who who discovered she was missing? Who who found her? Yeah. Was it Benisi in the morning? Or have have the authors that have gone missing, have they been discovered by neighbors or something like that?
2: Between the various authors, they've been discovered by different people, sometimes by neighbors, sometimes by other family Uh, visiting friends but nisi is who discovered lauren missing so when she got there she tells she tells you when she got there the door was open um it didn't seem like anything else would disturb but she was just absent and she she should have been there as far as she knows
3: yeah so i guess my question is she said that she was supposed to be there so was she just late for their meeting like delayed or was it like the next morning she came by to say she was sorry for not having been around the night before
2: well the night before she was just paying her a friendly visit she went by the next day okay and that's when she discovered the door was open so i guess officially it wouldn't have been considered a mission missing person until the day after that okay when the kingsguard would have come to investigate great thank you that answer your question
3: Yes. Sylvina, in, in your looking through of the manila folder, have all the disappearances been overnight?
2: Yes, all the uh, all the authors disappeared at night. Okay.
3: Interesting. Benisi, do you know if there's anybody else who um, could have been a threat to Lauren that may have stopped by, or if she had mentioned any... I don't know any any new people or oddness in her neighborhood. Did she happen to mention anything like that in the couple days prior?
2: Um, no, but I haven't. I haven't seen anything. It was, there, she was behaving normally as far as I knew. Okay. Um, maybe I think she may have mentioned having trouble sleeping, but mm-hmm. that's not completely abnormal. Uh, you know, as, you know, authors do spend a lot of time. Uh, writing when they come here
1: hmm.
2: so I assume she would have been there writing and that's what I best as far as I know she told me she would be doing it was unusual for her to not be there but definitely unusual for her door to be left open like that
3: absolutely I can see how that would be disconcerting um, Freca leans over to Salvinia and says you know uh, is there anything else you want me to bring up
4: uh so at this point can we see what else salvinia can glean from the folder that she's been looking through
2: okay so most of the information you can glean has been given but i'll go over all of it together now that you've pieced everything uh you the authors have been found missing with their door, doors thrown open. There was a sounds of loud wailing from several of the authors, not all of them, but several of the authors when they went missing. Lauren's home had damaged to a gutter outside, which was unusual, but definitely was something that happened between the time that Benisi last saw Lauren and the day of her disappearance. And... You found silk that appears to be from a spider.
4: Mm -hmm. And there's no signs of a struggle. No. And a personal item was taken for this person. Yes. Were personal items taken from anyone else's homes?
2: Nothing that's been reported missing. Nothing's been reported missing.
4: Okay.
3: And what about the proximity of each of these disappearances to each other? Does there seem to be a pattern? Is it the same neighborhood? Different neighborhoods each time? Does it say?
2: unfortunately in Tome distances aren't normal (laughs) so there isn't a pattern to is it from the same area it hasn't been from the same locations like the authors are all located in different places in Tome generally based on the sort of writings they do right and so there was no pattern discernible pattern
3: okay so it's pretty random as far as it's not like they're going in a circle around the city where they would live it's
4: it's really sporadic Mm
2: -hmm. okay
4: who is the most recent one that was taken
2: um lauren
4: okay so that is our freshest lead too and what is how often does this kidnapping happen yeah like are we talking once a day, like some new person disappears or we're talking like a week ago, goes by and
2: then a new person It's mostly sporadic. It can it can be anywhere from like a week or two to maybe a month, but all of them have happened within like a two month period.
3: Okay. So all of them have happened within the last eight weeks.
4: hmm
3: And again there's no pattern to timing either. It's catch as catch can.
4: Or something like that, yeah. Or
3: something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I'll say back to Benisi, thank you for your help and for the information. Um, We're going to work with Detective Dumpty here and uh, we're going to see what we can do to get your friend back. And um, please keep us appraised um, if there is any further information that you have or that comes to light. I hand her my business card. It's very fancy. Okay,
2: what does the business card look like?
3: It's pretty simple. I think Um, it is a deep purple card and it has very simple print and it just has it just says pandora and it has a phone number and i just say tell them this is the information is for freka and we will be in touch and um please take care of yourself again we are so sorry to hear about your friend
2: oh thank you um anything you can find out i'll appreciate it i'm I'm very hopeful now that I know that you are involved with this uh, thank you so much, and she uses her wings to hold uh, to like do like one of those a handshake yep I'll give you a warm handshake and wraps her them back around herself and leaves the office
3: great. Okay.
2: So, at this point, since you've collected enough clues, something you can do is an investigation role. Basically, the investigation role lets you try to piece together the information you've collected, or potentially, if you're looking like in an organized fashion to discover uh, clues, you can also do it there. I think in this case, you having a series of clues at your disposal, you could make an investigation check to try to discern something from it
3: awesome um and is there a modifier for that or is it just a straight roll
2: it would be a skill check
3: oh good so it's a straight roll for me (laughs) my plus zero stats (laughs) (laughs) all right i'm gonna i'm gonna roll 18 i will take
4: it sweet
2: that's fairly decent roll that's a win yeah um so what you (laughs) what you're able to discern is you talk to each other about the informations you have what you found and piece together that oh, well, since Ben, ben Madasi mentioned that it had rained the day before and the gut, the damage to the gutter and the fact that you found spider silk, uh, you look through the files and you're able to you figure out that you see that that spider silk was actually found in the bushes outside of the home near um, where the gutter was damaged. You suspect that the culprit may have been trying to climb the side of the home when rain caused them to be washed off of it into the bushes.
3: Interesting. Hmm. So they were uh, pushed, basically they slipped off the roof. hmm Fascinating.
2: There's a nursery rhyme that sounds pretty much like that and is the same M.O. of a particular uh, creature that you know to be... A bit of a thief the itsy bitsy spider
4: hot damn
2: as the nurse as the song goes itsy bitsy spider climbed up the water spout down, down came, came the rain, rain washed, washed the spider
3: out, out. <laughs> excellent yeah. that that's delightful thank you <laughs>
2: And with that knowledge, you don't know, this doesn't seem to be co- corroborate what the wailing sound or why the door would be thrown off, open, because that's definitely not the, the Itsy Bitsy Spider's MO. But you gather that if you're going to find anything more, you're going to have to track down this uh, likely thief.
4: Okay. Do How does one track someone down in this world?
2: Well, There's any number of ways you can do it. You could potentially use like talk to contacts to try to figure out where they're at. Um, Most likely, it's going to end up being a talk check. Like you could uh, go use a resource. Like you do work for an organization that potentially could find information or provide you a means to look up that information. Uh, so how you approach it is kind of up to how you would, your, you think your characters would do it. So if you would hit the streets talking to people, you do that. If uh, you would be more of a research, you might be able to go back to Pandora's office and try to figure it out or do some combination of the two.
4: Well, I know which one Salvinia would prefer. <laughs> you see those <there's> yeah. books? <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, let's see. I do have one of my boosts is gathering information from the rumor mill. Um, mm-hmm. So okay. it may be, I don't know if it's prudent to go back, see what we can get from Pandora to, like, aim us in the right direction of where I can then investigate the rumor mill.
4: Oh, that makes a lot of sense, trying to narrow it down with Pandora's resources and then yeah. going for the locals.
3: Yeah, I figure, you know, if we're, if we're an investigative source, we will probably, I hope, <laughs> have files on these folks and maybe just, like, last known whereabouts of the itsy bitsy spider, and then we can start, start there.
4: That sounds good.
2: Okay. All right, so who's doing what?
4: Salvinia is going to go through the records section of Pandora, looking through that for, like, the last known location of the Itsy Bitsy Spider or other location information.
2: Locations aren't always the same. Like, you're here in Grim Noir, and as soon as you came here, everything became a monochrome of browns, like sepia tones. And literally, the location is a single street Some locations could just be a single building. It could be an entire city. It could be a street like this, or it could be like a festival. It could be the the forms that these locations take can vary wildly. In Pandora's case, it is a single uh, corporate-looking building. As you enter into the office, you see uh, engraved in the glass the symbols of Pandora, which is basically a box, a three-dimensional box with the door with the lid lifted open, and the words Pandora. You go into the office um, and go back to your desk where it's track lighting and like the worst nightmare of anyone who worked in <laughs> like the 80s or 90s so oh no. cube, so like,
3: a cube farm hell basically
2: right love it and and you sit down at your desk where your computer is because this is a setting that is slightly more high tech than others and so you actually have a computer that you can connect to a database Thank God. but it's like slow and unwieldy it's like a mainframe <laughs>
3: Um, quick question. Do we take the manila folder with us? Were the, was that given to us or is Humpty holding onto it?
2: He's read through all of it. and He gave it to you, gave it to you along with the, everything else. And like the, the baggie with the thread, cool. the spider silk. In I'm going to
3: look at the spider silk. What color is it?
2: It's clear. Oh, I mean, it's okay. a little grayish, but it's for the most part, it's a clear thread Okay, with it bunched together the way it is. Kind of gives it like a grayish tone, but it mostly takes on the color of the surface that it's sitting on. I
3: see. Okay. I was thinking it was like woven spider silk, like a cloth, not like the spider
4: left it so behind. So
2: imagine if it like, it's, was webbing that yeah. was crushed together.
4: I've got it now. How thick is the spider uh, silk? Is it, are we looking at definitely a bigger than? garden variety <laughs> a spider like we're talking a big spider right
2: well what you can tell from the spider silk is no it's it's fine thread it's like very strong That that's probably the only reason it was even able to survive as long as it yeah. has but it's a fine thread so you imagine that it's definitely seems like it's stronger than like spiders webs in the real world but here
1: okay. it's
4: so, is gonna start going through the computer database, and I'm guessing that's a skill roll? Mm-hmm. Okay, dice. Or die, I guess.
2: If you have anything that seems like it may be appropriate, probably not in this not case. Not in this but-
4: case. Oh, dear. Oh, well, no. She rolled a one.
2: <laughs> or, I rolled a
4: one, I guess. That's gonna be a failure.
2: so now this is something to keep in mind that you do get two boons each one of you have a boon at the beginning of the session for which you can spend if you would like to turn that set back into an exchange
4: we've got other ways to track down this information I I think I'll save the boon for now but it's good to keep in mind I'm gonna try
3: to ask one of our coworkers if they know anything (laughs) why not right
2: so first, uh, you spend a bunch of time in, on trying to get information, but it's really what happened is that it's been a while since you've been in a database and your password expired. <laughs> and so you spend time sending emails trying to get oh, dear. your password reset so you can actually get into the database to look for information.
3: How frustrating. <laughs> All right, well, Rebecca's seeing that Poor Sylvinia is starting to tear her, her wet, webby hair out. <laughs> and she's like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> and also she's losing patience because it's taking so freaking long. And mm-hmm. she knows that Sylvinia doesn't like it when she throws her computer out the window. So she's going to go see if she can talk to a coworker. Oh, I rolled a 20.
4: Nice.
2: <laughs> oh, nice. This is brand nice. new
3: dice. I think I love them.
2: All right, so you rolled a, uh, you rolled a twenty. So it just so happened that in um, the lounge, uh, one of one of your one of your coworkers, the Sphinx, happens to be in the office. It would be very frustrating to talk to <laughs> because they constantly answer your questions with questions.
0: Oh dear.
3: <laughs> but oh, this is gonna help well.
2: <laughs> you're looking for a spider.
3: I'm looking for a specific spider. And also their known accomplices.
2: And which specific spider is that?
3: The itsy bitsy spider.
2: Oh, the one that went up the water spout?
3: Yes, that's the one. That one. That one right there. Do you happen to know anything about this one?
2: I do know something about them. Are you familiar with the Fable City Sprawl?
3: Yes, I sure am.
2: Excellent. Then you should know where to find them. Well, let me tell you about it. And like, So you spend the next 20 minutes, but by the time it's over, you have a location where you can find Itsy Bitsy Spider. It's the, the old watering hole in Fable City Sprawl. Okay.
3: okay. I'm going to go ahead and say that Freka has maybe accidentally partially turned into a wolf by the end of this conversation. (laughs) If nothing else, her claws are certainly biting into her palms. And she's gritting her teeth and looking at the wall with that, like, arrested development stare. Mm -hmm. And she says, thank you so much for your help. Uh, Bye now. (laughs) And then runs away. (laughs) (sighs) Oh, dear.
2: (laughs) Salvinia, as you're being asked... For the third time for your credentials you <laughs> have uh, multiple things you know happen one is you see yourself getting up pasting uh, you see yourself throwing the phone across the room and then you see a fr- Fricka walking in and telling you i know where the itsy bitsy spider is and then you have right now your reality of being asked for yet another time for your employee ID because they seem to have typed it in wrong.
3: Hey, Sylvania, I know where we can find the itsy Bitsy Spider. Let's go.
4: You see the kind of face expression of, mm-hmm, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and I think Selv- Salvinia just like hangs up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: poor baby. Rebecca's already like halfway down the hallway and is like really hitting that elevator button as if if she hits it a million times, it'll come faster. Oh no! That's the
4: fantastic button pushing.
2: <laughs> so you head to the Fable City Sprawl. The Fable City Sprawl is an expansive metropolis and the largest city in Tome. The city's architecture is a clash of old and new styles. Quaint village homes overshadowed by massive skyscrapers. The metal monstrosities themselves dominated by fables towering canopy of trees. The sprawling city's dense population is an eclectic mix of humans, animals, and anthropomorphic creatures. Your team chases down a lead that has brought you to the heart of the sprawl. You enter a part of the city that is an admix of trash littered streets and vibrant neon signs. There's a buzz in the air as preparations are underway for the fable city's favorite pastime, illegal street racing. (laughs) You navigate your way through the growing crowd of spectators and down the street to the front of the spider's old watering hole. So you enter into a bar that seems to be packed with Grace fans are having a drink, uh, yelling and acting kind of rambunctious, and mm-hmm. this is a place that probably not great for either of you, the two of you. But Crowdy
0: crowd. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
3: The incessant <sighs> press of humanity.
2: And as Love you it. walk in, uh, Frecka, the crowd kind of goes quiet. And they all kind of stare and look at the infamous uh, wolf.
4: Okay, I uh, think Salvinia is officially hiding behind Frecka right now. <laughs> Frecka just
3: sighs a little bit, and she heads for the bar.
2: Okay, so after uh, uncomfortable dozen or so seconds, the crowd goes back to its normal loud, rambunctious behavior and you approach the bar. A, um... elk-like humanoid creature is cleaning a glass when you approach. What can I do for you?
3: Can I get two of your local on tap? Whatever that is.
2: Sure. One second. And he goes to make the local, which is to, um beers, uh, they're kind of pungent, but that's okay. It has lots of alcohol in it. <laughs> Explaining the punch <punchiness. laughs>
4: Excellent. And is not even gonna touch hers. It's alright, it's just for holding. Selvinia's definitely not holding it. She's not doing what was expected. It's just sitting there next to her. Fair enough.
3: That's alright. Okay. Um, so Frecca goes, you know, passes some coin over and says thank you and says, we're looking for a friend. Have you happened to see the itsy-bitsy spider anytime recently?
1: The
2: bartender kind of goes a little stiff. I don't want any trouble in my bar. Uh, and, but, but he then kind of points towards the back. Thank
3: you so much, sir. <laughs> so we head towards the back.
2: As you make your way back to uh, the back of the uh, bar... You see a round table with three large creatures with their back to you as you approach. One lion, one bear, and one tiger. Oh my. As you approach, the bear takes notice of you and kind of taps the shoulder of the lion who turns, throwing an arm over the back of the chair to turn and look at you. Looks at you and is like, "You're, are, are you going to join the game?"
3: What's going tonight? Well,
2: there's a hundred dollar buy-in for poker. You, are you going to join the game or not?
3: I'm playing. Oh, great.
2: Excellent. The bear gets up, grabs the grab another chair, and the lion slides his chair over, and they place a place the chair right between you and a bear and as the line moves you see that there is a fourth player a tiny spider that's created a web-like harness holding (laughs) holding cards
4: i see (laughs) i'm good
2: and it stands up momentarily tips forward. When what you can guess must be some sort of introduction, like greeting, and then settles into its uh, web-like harness that's covering the back of the chair and most of the table. Alright. The lion explains all of the rules to the game and the minimum bids and everything else. And you play a game of cards. So how do you approach this game?
4: Well, my character can perceive multiple futures. I kind of think this is more of an ethical problem for her than anything else. Yeah, so she's particularly into, like, justice. So I think when she plays the card game, she's probably just going to aim to neither gain nor lose money because she can perceive the future. (laughs)
2: Uh, okay so since you can see the future but you're specifically trying (laughs) not to win or lose i'm gonna say that if i mean effectively if you uh if you get a setback you're probably going to have one by accident (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
4: okay let's see how salvinia does
3: i love everything about this here
4: 16 plus two so that's an 18 so she
2: is very successful
4: at neither winning nor losing which i'm sure is perplexing everyone else at the table because that's not typical
2: (laughs) You play for a while, you manage not to either (laughs) win or lose, but unfortunately, the lion, the tiger, and the bear are not having the same sort of luck, and so by the end, half the pile is sitting next to you, and the other half is sitting next to the itsy bitsy spider, (laughs) so they become mostly spectators to this uh, epic game of cards. She's winning
3: anyway. (laughs) just <laughs> trying so hard <laughs> do do i need to roll for card playing or are we good
2: well if you're if you're working together the i'm gonna just treat you as like what like y'all can take turns on it so since you went now it's gonna be freaka's turn to play so it's like effectively the three of you left in the game cool. most of the money is sitting by the itsy bitsy swire
3: Good. I guess Frack is gonna try to talk <laughs> to the spider, keeping it casual. But
2: okay, what are you saying?
3: I mean, I would definitely want to start off with just you know building rapport, but then seeing if they've heard about these kidnappings and stuff like that. Like ease ease into that to hear if they've heard about that or know anything about it.
2: Okay, you start talking to them, and for the most part, the you notice that the lion does the lion share of the talking. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Yep, I heard about uh, those. This is terrible, but, you know, it's not a lot we can do about it. Kingsmen can't figure it out. Not sure what I'm supposed to do.
3: Does the spider do anything when the topic is mentioned? Like, do they start getting agitated or anything like that?
2: Okay, now give me a talk check. Um, okay. This check will be raised. So you're more, in this case, trying to get. Like, read their body language?
3: Uh, Fifteen.
2: Okay, so you have a win. Really? Um, it, like, nearly drops one of the cards out of its little webby webbing. When it, it, it kind of catches it, you can definitely tell that it, like, went a little bit rigid when you start talking about it.
3: Well, that's damning. <laughs> but how do we talk to a spider?
4: <laughs> well, again, Salvinia does speak beast tongue, so... Salvinia can... Might have to do this. (laughs) Sorry, Salvinia. um, (laughs) But right now we're in a poker game. Salvinia definitely does not want to do this at a poker game.
3: Okay. So let's, can we wrap up the game?
2: (laughs) Yes, you can. I guess the goal is, are you trying to win or let the itsy bissy Spider win?
4: What do we think? So Salvinia is a bit overwhelmed. I think what's going to happen is Salvinia is going to want to throw the game because again, Salvinia doesn't want to end up with money. So I think Salvini going to, like, try to lose everything but the hunter and Salvini started with.
3: And, and, and what Freca started with. Walk away with two hundred. Yeah, yeah, the,
4: the original <laughs> Salvini's goal is to uh, basically walk away with exactly as much money as they started with, which I think should be pretty easy.
2: So I'm gonna say that since you're trying to do that, that's going to be even difficult for your ability to see multiple futures because you are dealing with the re- the behavior of other multiple yep. things, as well as the probability and logic of cards. Yep. So I'm gonna say that's gonna it's gonna be a straight roll in this we'll case.
4: We'll see how this goes. Fingers crossed. Ooh, I rolled a five, so that's a seven. Is that a mixed success or.?
2: Yeah, so that's a a mixed success. So, we will take it. The spider's goal was to win, and your goal was to break even. I'm going to say with the setback that you're going to lose half of your earnings because you reached a point where you either had to play this hand and win all of it or let that money go.
4: Sure. Okay, well, that happens. I'm sure uh, we can put that down on the um, expense account. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I would say.
3: I look I, I want to know what our item, our line items are for expense reports after this. I feel like I should write that up. My goodness, two beers, not drunk, bribery, gambling.
2: So after the sp- uh, spider puts down all the cards and makes out some webs and kind of crawls on it like Rast- Rasta graphic style and leaves a message saying, good game. Cool. And drags the pouch of coins that's at least ten times its size off the table and it like falls with a thud and then it slowly drags its winnings towards the front door.
4: This is the perfect <laughs> time to-, to get them alone. Are we following the spider <laughs> yeah. and its ill-gotten gains? Yeah. <laughs> So Sylvania is going to follow after the spider and say, "Uh, um, so we, um, spider, we we need to talk to you."
2: The spider is dragging the bag behind it, and it like let goes over a second and like does this tilting, looking you up and down, and then does the same thing in the doorway. Like it creates a spider web with a message saying, "You're not getting your money back." And then it like collects up the web oh. and then starts oh, pulling on the water. Indignation is starting.
4: <laughs> it's <laughs> okay. So <laughs> South Indian is like, it's not about the money. We need to talk to you about the water spout.
2: And when you do that, it completely lets go of the sack and turns around and bolts <sighs> out of the door into the crowded streets.
4: Okay. All right. It's a chase scene. All
3: right, so Freca is coming up behind you. She sort of was like, all right, peace. Closed out and saw that last bit as she was walking up. And so, you know, scoops up that bag of gold.
4: (laughs) You're going for the bag of gold rather than the spider? I mean... On her way. On her way. I'm assuming you are running. Right. It's there. I'm not gonna just
3: leave it in the street. It's evidence. (laughs) 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 I am a thorough detective. Thank you. Okay then. So I shove it into the one of the many awesome pockets in my jacket, and I guess we are on a cheese scene now. Yeah.
2: You bolt through the door after the spider into the massive crowd of spectators. Uh, you lose sight of the spider only for a moment, and then when you catch wind of them, you see that it has somehow lodged itself on the steering wheel of the hare's race car and in the window it has stretched a spider web that says yeah suckers (laughs) as it pulls on a thread that puts the hammer down and the hare's car races off (laughs) and as it pulls off you see on the other side of it uh, another vehicle with kanji that spells out the tortoise. It has glowing undercarriage and a tortoise is, like, lounging next to one of the wheels and, like, kind of laughing at the hair as his car peels off down the street.
4: Like, as the spider first started running off, Salvinia immediately started shape shifting. So I'm going to spend the boon to do the shapeshift immediately. Um, and I'm thinking... Mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to go for fast and... Okay. Probably unusual locomotion so that I can fly. Okay. So I think I'm going to go for, like, a hawk. And okay. so she's flying after it
2: already. All right. So you're flying in pursuit of a spider. Yep. spider. Freka. what are you doing?
3: Quickly doing the math in my head and realizing that even if I switch into wolf form, I can't go as fast as a car. So I... Sprint and slide up to the tortoise and goes, "Hey, give me your keys!" And I sort of flash my fake Pandora badge or whatever.
2: Sees the the badge and gives hands over the keys.
3: Thank you so much, and I jump in and gun it.
2: And you race off in pursuit of your friend, who is now a bird and the the spider.
3: And I am swearing colorfully while in the
1: car. <laughs>
2: And so you're chasing after, the two of you are chasing after Spider now, and it's a long straightaway and eventually into a sharp turn and are racing through the night, the Fable City night, past bright signs and people all beginning to cheer because they believe the race has started. <laughs>
3: <No>. <laughs> Here we go. Yes.
2: <laughs> you're racing after the spider. So, at this point, it will be uh, a skill check. How are you catching up to the itsy-bitsy spider?
4: So, we're each going individually, right? Yeah. Yes.
2: We're now in initiative. The way initiative works is, first the PCs go, then the, the NPCs go, and then the PCs go. For each... Person on each side, they have to go what everyone has to go on their side before, so we okay. can go a second. Okay,
4: time. yeah, so I think it makes sense for Faye to go first since, yeah, since since Salvinia is ahead. Okay, so Salvinia yeah. uh, is going to basically use her skill at flying as a shapeshifter to get above any hazards and also get a good vantage point from which to follow that car and use her speed to go fast. So being fast means that uh, any speed-based chase checks are raised. So let's see how this goes. Oh, good thing I have that because that was a four plus two, so it's six so that's gonna be raised to an exchange.
2: <laughs> uh, you rise to a higher vantage point and as you're going through the city it, like the spider makes a sharp turn between two skyscrapers. scrapers. <sighs> You nearly lose them, but you're able to stay on its tail, but you weren't able to gain ground, or but you didn't lose any oh, good. <laughs> so, unfortunately, flying is helping you, however, Fricka is not benefiting from it, <laughs> and the spider, like, slows just enough to s- spread webbing all over the road behind it.
3: I don't like that at all.
2: He's able to get some webbing on the ground, but unfortunately not enough to really slow you down. Hell yeah. Freca.
3: I am continuing to try to keep um, the Itsy Bitsy Spider in my sight and staying in the car for now. So I don't have, I don't have any specific like speed checks.
2: No, I mean, you're just doing a skill check.
3: Um, Rude. That's a three. Oh no.
2: When this when the Itsy spire rounds the corner that go between the skyscrapers, you try to make that same turn and you spin out the vehicle <laughs> and end up cutting out your engine. Alright.
3: Well then um well I will probably shape shift and start sprinting. Okay. But that's for my next turn.
2: Um, the itsy spitsy spire will try to uh seeing that it's being chased by a hawk of some sort, turns on down into what looks to be a underground passage. Like, effectively, like, hops the tracks and tries to go down into a subway.
4: Okay. Mm.
2: It managed to hop the tracks, but it almost lost control of the vehicle, like, several times and had to slow down. You were able to Get low enough to stay on its tail as it starts driving down a subway track. Oh God! Into oh. the underbelly of the city. Oh, mm. Salvini is
4: getting so indignant. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so, uh, is this like Salvini's turn to see if she can catch him? Yep. Come on, dice, give me something good. Ooh, I rolled a ten and. I am still using speed, so she's, you know, dodging and going fast. And so that should be raised from a mixed success to a, a full success, I believe.
2: You're able to keep pace with the spider as it comes out of the tunnel and hops, tracks, unable to shake you, and turns into an alley. <laughs> As you enter into the warehouse district of the Sprawl, it abandons the vehicle, and you see it scurry into what looks to be an old abandoned warehouse.
4: Okay. Thanks, I hate it. She's going in. I went after the spider. Since she's caught up, can she try to cut the spider off from getting into that warehouse? Yeah. Right, so what kind of check would that be?
2: So this... Would be you could make a, some uh, attack check to try to um, pin him and prevent him from moving. Okay.
4: Here we go. So that'll be a mixed success.
2: You will be able to pin the spider, but be- because it's exchange, this um, itsy busy spider does get to try to exploit. Mm-hmm. Basically, you tackle him and he then shoots webs that kind of wrap you all up until you're grappled with the spider.
4: We are grappled in the alley. All right. Uh, So is Freca going to catch up with us at some point?
2: (laughs) It's easy for Freca to track you. So it'll probably be uh, the next round Freca will get there.
3: I'm going fast. (laughs) As fast as I can.
2: Now it's the itsy-bitsy spider turn. It will try to bite you. And rolls a setback, (laughs) which means you get to deal your damage to the itsy-bitsy spider. Hell yeah.
4: What are my options with that? Because I don't want to hurt this person. I want to question this person.
2: Well, so in Forfright, luck represents your will to fight. So it's still a fight check, but it doesn't necessarily have to be... I mean, it can be a fight or a target, but it doesn't have to be. I stabbed it for it to lo- reduce their luck. Okay. Is you use the same harm roll in any of so those? So I'm situations. eroding their
4: luck, which is their capacity to yes. escape. Only a three.
2: It, that makes it um, your turn.
4: Oh right, Salvinia's turn. So you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a stern lecture. She is really mad.
2: And your goal is to, with the stern lecture, is to To
4: convince this person to stop trying to run away and tell us what he knows.
2: Okay. The talk check will be dropped, but if you succeed, they will stop trying to struggle with you.
4: Yeah, well, this is going to be interesting. I do have setback protection on this because she is indignant and she is lecturing them on their duty to the rest of society to help us. (laughs) Okay, so I rolled a 14. So, I think... uh, She has setback protection, so that's pretty much an exchange. So, it's become an exchange.
2: So, they stopped trying to bite you, but they are now trying to untangle themselves from the web that they accidentally wrapped around the both of
4: you. Okay, so... Basically, Salvinia, all the while, Salvinia saying, how dare you try to get away from us? We are members of Pandora. We are here to fix this. Do you know how important storytellers are to our in- to the entirety of Tome? And all you're doing is running away. You have in- information. We have identified you as being at the scene of one of these crimes. You will tell us everything you know. Dang.
2: And- Okay, so while you're doing this, um, uh, Freka shows up, at the <laughs> end and when you see um, a spider and the spider and a hawk trying to separate themselves, as the, the hawk is sternly
3: talking to the spider. Uh, but because she's a hawk, I can't understand her, right? Uh. Very stern no, squawking.
2: Unfortunately, okay. it's very stern. Yes, the hawk <laughs> is squawking in a language that the spider can understand because uh, uh, animal a beast. Hand waving
3: magic. Yeah. Um, one amazing. Two Freka rolls up and is just like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" <laughs> uh, and she looks to see if there's any way that she can get in and help cover. Salvinia's attack, whatever she's trying to do. Um,
2: so what do you want to have happen?
3: Well, I'm trying to figure that out. I'm currently okay. a wolf. Mm-hmm. Um, I could put the spider in my mouth, but that would probably not be good for anybody involved. Faye, what was the question you were going to ask? Well, oh,
4: I was just wondering, since you have, if you wanted to help with pinning the spider, you could potentially try to manipulate the webs.
3: Oh, okay. That's a good idea. So I mean, my question, I guess, out of character is if I'm also in beast form, so I'm a wolf, can I understand beast talk?
2: I mean, you know, for the sake of this, it's not it's not worth it to nitpick. It. Yes, you can understand her.
3: <laughs> Great. So I'm hearing um, Sylvania yelling, and that's how I know that things are going super well. <laughs> and so... <laughs> I see that the spider is doing whatever, and so I go up to help um, make sure that the spider is contained. Okay. Um, so All you right. put, put down, hold down that web, make sure that it's it can't get away.
2: Okay, so you can hinder it, maybe, like, you can pounce on it, maybe put a paw down on it, or do, so it'll be like yes. a fight check to try to pin it.
3: Yes, I very carefully, because I am a large <laughs> wolf and do not want to squish the spider. Okay. Use my paw to restrain it. All right, so. Hell yeah, I got assembled.
2: You are pin it with one of your paws, and it's effectively not able to flee, and, you're, and Sylvania is able to shift off of it since you're pinning it and work on getting out the spider webs. At this point, because a very large wolf has the spider pin, it's going to give up on trying to run away. <laughs> but it looks very frightened.
4: I grin at it toothfully. Right. So
2: you have captured the itsy bitsy spider.
4: Go team. Go team. Zylvania is still shouting, by the way. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> She's very frustrated. We are not here to hurt you. We need the information that you have so that we can, end you know, deal with the situation and fix it. (sighs) And she's just going on and on.
2: Okay, so after this goes on for a few more minutes, and once you um calm down a bit, you you realize that it still needs to have a spider web to communicate back with you.
4: Okay, Um, but I imagine it can do basic communication, right? So. Like, I guess she's gonna say, Will you cooperate?
2: It shifts slightly under the pinning paw and gives you an indication that it it's willing to communicate.
3: Since I don't understand what's happening, I growl a little oh, bit when oh, it moves. Um,
4: uh, uh, uh Freca, <laughs> I think it was just saying yes. It, it, it can't, it's a spider, so it doesn't use words like verbally. I relax just a fraction. I think we might need to give it just enough space to to use webs to communicate.
3: Frecka leans down and goes does a little quick little like growl being unhappy about it but like very carefully unpins but like keeps yeah, her paws we're basically close surrounding the
2: spider just in goes case. into like the corner rally and like spins up a web and in the same f- Format that it did before it does like the whole almost zig like side to side thing until it forms words that say, "I can't tell you anything, I'll be in danger."
4: Danger. We from are here home. to stop the source of that danger. Tell us so that we can stop whoever is threatening you.
2: And so that will be a talk show.
4: All right, I think. Salvinius is still in stern indignation land. I rolled an eight. So that's a exchange. She's basically explaining Pandora's witness protection program and other stuff that Pandora has in place to prevent informants from being uh, injured or harmed.
1: Okay,
2: it... Goes back over to spider web. Somehow, the words change as it passes over it, the web, and it says, "I'm going to need that and webbing."
4: I suppose that means we need to take the itsy bitsy spider back to the headquarters. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm fine with
3: that. Will Will they come willingly? Uh, yes. Great. They
2: will come with you willingly, and. After you, you head back to the Pandora office and get all of the proper web work, <laughs> the Bitsy Spider is willing to talk.
3: Excellent. And I'm sure Salvinia mm-hmm. is going to be like all over that paperwork stuff. So while that happens, um, I have taken the sets of keys from the cars that we <laughs> borrowed. And um, I have sent them back to the bartender at the bar we were at, at the watering hole. And it just says like, with thanks for tortoise and hare, good luck next time. <laughs>
2: All right. So you, you do that. And, uh, and
3: <laughs> S- sorry about the wedding. I don't know. At <laughs> some,
2: po- some point in the future, you'll get a thank you, a nice thank you note. And another one that's full of expletives, the nice thank you note came from the tortoise and the expletive one came from the hare who <laughs> was not happy about having the entire interior of his car reupholstered because there were spider webs all <laughs> well, over it. Well,
4: we weren't responsible for that part. That <laughs> that's kind of ironic, actually. <laughs> that's not the car that we, we even took.
2: It's <laughs> the hair is not known for being reasonable. It's after you've completed all the paperwork and return the keys to the vehicles and regroup. The ITBC spire is willing to talk, and the ITBC spire tells you that they were being coerced by the Mara. Uh,
4: can you spell that?
2: M A R A. Okay. They were told that. That they would be next if they didn't do the job, and also mentions that um, they, their, the job that they were given was to steal the dream catcher from outside of Lauren's home. For what reason, uh, It's, it's, it's Esquire does not know.
4: Okay,
3: interesting. I mean, we will need to do skill checks about the Mara, I guess. But I wonder if it is supposed to catch bad dreams. If it was protection hmm, from them.
2: You want to give me that the skill check for Mara? Both of you can make the checks Since you're in the Pandora office, you have all the available resources you had prior.
4: Skill time. Love that. Ugh, not another one. This computer system hates me. It must be that.
3: <laughs> Jeez. All right. <laughs> Let's see if I
4: can back you up. 13. Well, that's helpful. I wish I could roll successes when I'm doing this. <laughs> oh my goodness.
2: You're <laughs> able to log right into the database. It's still super slow because, you know, it's it, it's the, the Pandora office is 80s, 90s base. But like all 80s, 90s base locations, they had systems from the 50s and 60s. <laughs> but you were able to pull up information on uh, the Mara. The Mara is a nightmare. Um, Uh There's not a lot of information known about it, but what is known is that it usually comes after creatures in their sleep, and often those people end up disappearing. What happens to them, no one really knows, but it's like one of those stories that's been passed around and is a story from multiple different locations in the world. And because it's a story, nightmares are a story that's so common in the, in the imaginations of authors, the Mars fairly powerful being.
4: All right. Well, we have a suspect. Ding, ding, ding.
3: Awesome. Well, friend spider. Is there anything else you can tell us? How did they contact you? Do you know where they're headquartered? Do you know who might be able to tell us that?
2: The Itsy Spider was visited in their dreams by the Mara.
3: Well, that's not terrifying or anything. Yeah, it's a little hard to track down. Do just do they happen to know anything?
2: The Spider doesn't know anything, but you would have gotten more information when from your research into the Pandora's database, because Pandora has a lot of information on creatures that are considered to be bad, mm-hmm. mostly because they look at, they consider that both a place for recruiting and a lot of the creatures they have to deal with are the creatures from scary stories. Awesome. So you get a actual location. Um, the Mara is bec- is a powerful enough being that it has manifested its own domain.
4: Awesome! Oh, good.
2: It's called the Mare Pine Woods.
4: Cool, cool, cool. Well, I guess we know
3: where to go. True, and Frecca is a fan of woods, so hopefully that's nice for her. Cool.
2: So you know who your need, who has most likely has been kidnapping the author from all the information you're able to collect, and you have a location of where they are. All that's left is to go save the day.
4: Before we head out, Salvinia is going to leave a full report for everyone else in case we don't return.
2: Okay. That's, <laughs> yeah. sound, that's sound sound
4: reasonable. Sound <laughs> And... <laughs> Rebecca
3: is going to send uh, a note over to Humpty Dumpty to say, "Hey, here's what's up. Again, if we don't return, this is where you can find our bodies. Godspeed."
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> so,
2: are you do you head toward head to the Berkline?
3: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, do we do we need to rest first? Can we just assume we're resting and then head off?
2: Well, if when you lose luck, you recover it at the end of the scene. So if you, if it's story-wise, if you have been working this case for a day. So if you wanted to rest and go during the day, the next day, that'd be perfectly. That makes perfect sense. I can imagine that going there at night probably isn't...
4: No. We're going to go during the day when it's weaker, yeah. I think. I'm aligned <laughs> with that
3: plan.
2: All right. Are you ready to head to pine? or you want to do anything before?
4: I'm kind of thinking I'm going to start out in some sort of animal form that's useful. So, um...
2: Well, you want me to describe things and then you can decide what animal sure. form you take? Sure. the plains stretch to the horizon, covered in patches of brown, occasionally broken by a copse of sickly evergreens. Swaths of open plains have been trampled flat, mottled with blackened hoof prints. The air carries a mixture of hard to describe, sweet, smoky, earthy scents. A vast herd of horses graze near a distant cluster of trees, the only signs of animal life when this dreary plain. The scene is dominated by the ominous black spears jutting into the sky. The dark pine trees which compose the marpine woods. Darkness infuses the air around the marpine. Each step towards the tree line envelops you further in shadows. Wicker baskets sit at the edge of the woods, brimming with scarlet red apples. Horses gather here to snack on the fruit. Fruit that appears to shine brightly in stark contrast to its surroundings.
4: Hmm. So there's no, like, obvious place like a castle or something that's like, go here.
2: No, unfortunately, it looks to be a half mile of stretch of forest of, like, look, looking jagged, like jagged pines that are kind of up in the air. So, and there's no, it doesn't look to be a castle or a tower or anything, but it, it appears to us to be a forest, but there are horses that seem to be grazing on this odd red fruit.
3: How punny are these creatures? Are they literal night mares? Are they horses?
2: Yes, they are horses. Mm.
3: Yeah. I see you, villain.
4: I think I'm going to go for a form that gives me acuity. So my character is going to get better hearing and sight than a human. I think I'm going to go with strong like bull. So that means she can do feats of strength. So I'm guessing if we're going to go for that... You know what? Maybe she'll turn it into a big horse. (laughs) I love it. A favored form for Nixies in mythology anyway. Mythology is full of creepy horses.
2: (laughs) Yeah. They like spiders, horses, and serpents a lot.
3: Thankfully, they're fairly universal. But, you know, terrifying and murderous. So that's good.
2: (laughs) So what about um, Fricka?
3: Well, Freca's only form that she can take is a wolf, and that might not do us very good right now. That might spook the horses. And we're not trying to sneak around, right? We're trying to actually get their attention?
4: I don't know. <laughs> maybe we should have a plan. Eh. I mean, maybe. I don't know how much planning going into an unknown location we can do. Yeah, True.
3: Well, I guess what's what's our goal? Do we want to address the horses? Do we want to see if there's other people we should be talking to?
4: I don't know. There's a lot of horses. Maybe we should just like sneak around them and see what else we could find. There's there's a lot of them. They're probably <laughs> not nice.
3: Okay. So, I'm not sure what what are the rules for shapeshifting?
2: Um, there's there isn't any rule to shapeshift you, you cool. either you just change shape it'll be an action
3: okay so i am going to i'm going to swap into my wolf form okay and i am going to use my masquerade boost so that means that um it's still going to be a skill check but uh, it, it's it's the don't be suspicious okay. skill people, it makes people not only not realize I'm there, but like actively not like want to look at wherever I am, but they don't realize it.
1: Well,
2: it's more they notice and then they were like, oh no, I pretend like I didn't see you because you're scary.
3: I'm fine with that too.
2: Okay, Uh, as you're getting closer to preparing to try to sneak in, because of both of your acuity, Both of you will notice that there appears to be shadowy, shadow-like creatures that are carrying more of those baskets full of apples to sit at the edge of the woods and then turn around and head back.
4: Salvinia thinks we should follow the shadow creatures, so she's going to kind of point with her nose and kind of be like you know, kind of gesture and be like, and start sneaking as best she can in her current form after the shadow creatures. Okay.
3: Freck is following.
2: Alright, so that'll be a stealth check since you're sneaking.
3: Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious.
4: Ugh. That was a two. That's not what? gonna be a success.
3: That's cool because that's a skill check, right? Yes. I have a Bright shiny five.
4: Okay, well we feel together.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So as you're approaching, one of the like the horse you see one of the horses nearby like ear pop up and like turn a little bit and see you and starts to canter over and starts kind of like like sniffs at you and then starts brushing up against you. Like trying to get your attention.
4: Okay. Is this, is it saying something specific in B speech?
2: Um, it seems to be some odd attempt to greet you, but as soon as it makes contact with, you make contact with each other, you get this image in your mind and it's a, looks to be a, like man rocking back and forth in the middle of a fire, like it looks to be seems terrified. In the moment, it uh, breaks contact with you. The image disappears. So,
4: so, what do you mean by "in the middle of a fire"?
2: Like they're surrounded okay, by fire. Okay, so sorry. they're
4: they're okay. So at this point, Salvinia is going to just go up to another horse and like touch them with her nose.
2: You you go to a another horse and touch them with your nose and another image appears in your mind and this time it's uh, looks to be a, another a man in a uniform that looks like the King's guard having his badge tore off the front of.
4: Okay. Sylvania has reached a conclusion. These are the victims of the Mara and they are trapped in nightmares their worst nightmare or something. She is going to uh, go back to uh, her companion and in B-speech communicate this information that she has gleaned plus assumed. Freca goes, oh
3: good, they're horses. Now
4: what? (laughs) They they got turned into horses. I don't know why. Maybe because the Mara is a horse?
3: Okay, so with that, do you want to check any of the others, or do we want to say, okay, now we know where our victims are, let's go find the shadowy people, because they're clearly linked.
4: Yeah. Uh, is up for following the shadowy people. Let's do it. Freca really wants to hit something, so she's into it. Sylvania wants to write this injustice.
2: So after about two or three shadow... Creatures come out with fresh baskets of <laughs> bright red apples. They sit them down and more horses come and start munching at them. They turn to go back into the woods and you follow behind them. I'm gonna need to get another skill check for <laughs> stealth. <see>
4: uh, <laughs> Roddy twenty roll with only a plus two is not Oh, there we go. 17.
2: Okay, so you're able to follow them fairly easily.
3: All right, I got a 13.
2: Unfortunately, after traveling a ways by following the shadows, one of them takes notice. Um, unfortunately, stealth checks were not created equal. <laughs> So the three yeah. that you're trailing behind, don't, they don't even notice you're there, but then another shadow lunges from the shade of one of the black barked pines.
4: Okay. All right. It's fighting time.
2: We were in initiative. When the shadowy creature like l- launches its attack, it let out a bell full will as it claws at at you drawing the attention of the other three
3: we found the mara yeah well if they're the ones that if there was screaming before each of these victims disappeared i'm going to go ahead and they're say they're involved these are that's our dudes. for sure
4: let's fight them <laughs> yeah let's fight them
2: Alright, so because you're being taken by surprise, they're going to get sure. to act first.
3: Yeah. Um,
2: these creatures are minion, and they're going to act as okay. in single group. Alright. Um, acting like a single group effectively, instead of rotating through attacks, they make one collective attack, getting bonuses for every additional member of that group.
3: Okay. So,
2: they will claw at you with their shadowy claws. Oh, that's good storytelling right there.
3: <laughs> Listen, it's effective. I don't like it. I'm not excited about it. It's gonna hurt and be terrible. So good job.
1: All right.
2: I'm sorry, which one you rolled the setback?
3: Oh, it was probably me.
2: Okay. Freck is being attacked. Of course I am. They rolled a uh, 16, and because it's four of them, that's plus plus three, plus their attack. They get a win. Actually, they get a win and a boon.
3: No. Unfortunately.
2: So, damage.
3: I don't like that.
2: For two whole damage. Harm.
4: Okay, I'll take it.
2: But I'll actually, they're going to spend their boon to increase that to seven.
4: When can I use my fighting stance?
2: Um, since you, both of you only have a single fighting stance, it's assumed you're always in it. It's only when you get a second fighting stance that right. you need to worry how about do I use not being it? in it. Because
4: mine is guardian, mm-hmm. so I intercept harmful attacks to allies.
2: Okay, so if you're next to each other, you can intercede and take
4: right. half damage. Um, which seems like an appropriate time to have damage. Would that be three? Do we round down?
2: Uh, yeah, it would be round now. Cool. So you would take three harm.
4: So, no. No, this is my fighting stance. I'm a guardian. So I push you out of the way right at the last moment. And uh, because they didn't see me, they didn't know I was coming. And um, I only get hit by part of it, though, because uh, I was interceding. So you take zero and I take a minus, uh, a a three damage.
2: Now it's one of the two of you turn.
4: Okay. Do you want to go or do you want me to go? I think it makes sense for you to go since I just interceded. Sure. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Gonna bite one of them.
2: Okay. That's a fight check.
3: All right. Um... Sweet. <laughs> uh, that's a nineteen.
2: Okay. That's a win.
3: It's gonna be for eight damage. All right. The jerks.
2: You badly injure one of them. Excellent.
3: Greca has tasted Mm -hmm. blood. It's gross, but she's (laughs) pleased.
2: Now it's their turn, and they're going to attack the interceding horse. Oh, man. I hope I don't roll like this all night. Well, I'm rolling. I rolled a (laughs) win, but I only did three damage, so (laughs) that's good.
4: Okay. So, not three damage.
2: And now it is Sylvenia's turn.
4: Okay, so I'm going to attack right back. I'm going to give a big kick to one of them, I hope. Uh, So let's see how this goes. Dang it. Yeah, so that's a six. That sucks.
2: Okay, so that is a setback. So they deal deal their damage and you don't deal your damage. Okay. And they deal six damage to you. (sighs) Okay. All right, now it's their turn as they um, move away from you and then another shadow comes in to claw at your hindquarters. Another one goes after um, Freka, and that's going to be an exchange. Are you in- interposing this time?
4: I know, uh, I'm getting kind of low kind of fast. Um, I think I'm not going to do that this time.
2: All right, so Freca takes eight damage.
4: Oof, brutal.
3: That's all right.
2: Yeah, since that was an exchange... Now she's really um, mad. Freka, you get to deal damage back. Ooh, really? Mm-hmm. Well, this one, an option. You you can exploit. When you exploit, there's a couple of things you can do. Uh, you can counterattack, which is deal damage, reposition, mm-hmm. move to a better position, change fighting stance, which is not really applicable here, take advantage by deciding to forego the damage to take a boon, or you can create a hinder so damage might be the best choice here since you i think so pretty hard but those are the options because sometimes collect taking a boom is worthwhile because you can then use it later to bump your checks or lower a check from, from an attack
3: i'm gonna hit him again
2: okay so roll your damage
3: hell yeah eight more damage sweet
2: all right you take one of the shadows out it as you um bite through it it You tear through shadows and the wisps fly apart and slowly fade out of existence.
3: Love it. Also, because of my fighting stance, any harm I deliver beyond what's needed to defeat a single target can be applied to another target.
2: And as you rip that one apart, another one shrieks back from you in terror and their their morale obviously taking a hit from the violence of how you tore apart the first shadow.
3: I, like, growl and make a small howl and, like, dig in more, and I'm like, let's go. All
2: right, it's now one of your two turns.
3: Oh, I think it's my turn. Sure. Rad. I'm going to hit him again.
2: (laughs) Okay, go ahead. (laughs) Sounds like a good plan. Uh,
3: Sixteen. And, uh, so it was 16 and then 6 damage.
2: The one that shrieks back, shrank back from you, is, was off balance and you take advantage of it of, by pouncing on it and rending it, destroying in the second shadow.
3: Awesome. Just an idea. Do we want to destroy all of them or should we try to, um contain one to get answers.
4: Well, considering how dangerous they are, um, Selvinia is just going for a destroy But, I mean, we're in the heat of battle, so kind of whatever happens, I think. Okay. If, if this is an idea that Freka has, like, she can totally go for grappling one or something.
3: That may be what I try to do, or at least hit it to hopefully do a partial hit, get it scared of me, and then like, try to pin it. Maybe that's sure. what I'll try to do for the next one.
4: So, I guess next it's the shadow's turn?
2: Yep. One of the two remaining tries to circle around with its partner to try to make a, an attack against Salvania, And got a setback.
4: Nice. Does that mean that I get a bone? Because I get to choose, right? I get, a choose you get to how choose how I split it.
2: You can choose between the counterattack, getting the boon, repositioning and putting a hindrance on them.
4: I want a boon because that's how I shapeshift, so I'm going to take the boon. Okay. And I guess now it's my turn so I can attempt to attack. So I'm going to aim another big kick at the one that just missed me. And roll better. No! Not roll well. Oh no! Um, (laughs) It's like it rolls over these big numbers and it settles on the five. I don't know. And I've got a six, so that's yeah. Unless I want to spend the boon uh, to raise it up to a exchange. You know what? I think I might just do that. I'll I'll raise it up to an exchange.
1: Okay. Roll your damage.
4: Eight.
2: Okay. Woohoo! You um
4: I love that. How do
2: you kill that one? Kinda like kicking them?
4: Yeah, yeah, she's been kind of kicking at at the them. She's like so she like spins around and kicks at the one that just went after her. And um her hooves just like shred right through it.
2: So it shreds right through it and as you pull your rear legs back you there's two big hoof prints right in the middle of it and it kinda like fades away. Into nothing, leaving one shadow remaining.
3: Okay. That is deeply satisfying.
2: And it will also attack Sylvania as she finishes off the other shadow as it takes advantage of the opening. And rolls in exchange. Okay. For six damage.
4: And I get to roll damage against it? Mm Mm-hmm that's three this time
2: okay so it's um freka's turn
4: all right so we've got one
2: one remaining one spooky buddy left Mm -hmm.
3: she's going to bare her teeth like a little taunting because she's big mad at this point okay (laughs) and you know attack cool 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 that was an 11 oh wait no that's a 13
2: all right that's an exchange
4: Ooh, nine damage. Oh, my goodness.
2: You take six damage as it claws at you. I guess I'll let you describe it since you finished off the last one. How did you?
3: (laughs) Excellent. So, like, it clawed me because I went at its neck, and I grabbed it, and I shook my head (laughs) and clawed at it. And then I threw it away as it started disintegrating.
2: This last desperate attack Clawed at you, left itself open, and then suffered.
3: Serves it right. Stealing people, hurting my buddy, rude. And. Oblivion for you.
2: You are left in the small clearing inside the Maripine woods alone, save for the baskets that toppled over apples.
4: I suppose now we don't have any shadows to follow. Oh well. Is our luck regenerating at this point?
2: Luck always resets after combat ends, okay. or after the scene ends, depending on the situation.
4: Okay. All right. So Salvinia is going to look around with her keen senses to try to figure out where we should be going next, because these these don't seem like the people who are in charge. These seem like the people who are carrying out the orders.
2: Yes. So okay. you look around using your senses and. Uh, you you pick up the scent of several of these shadows. They were just seemed to be toying it, picking up trees, the picking up picking apples off of the the odd apples that are growing on pines, which is bizarre yet see appropriate in this. Um, yeah. in collecting them,
3: I'm really glad that I didn't suggest that we taste one. <laughs> now that I know that they're growing on the pines. <laughs>
4: So wrong.
2: I was part of me like hopes, was hoping someone would eat one, but then part of me was like, I hope not at the same time.
4: <laughs> Something is not eating those weirdo apples. Those are clearly bad news.
3: If it does make you a little happy, I did consider it
2: <laughs> and
3: decided against it. I
2: appreciate it.
3: <laughs> Let's see. I've got, yeah, I'm looking around too to see if there's anything. Anything I can see, like, are they... Is there a center place that when they go further, or is there anywhere else that looks like a well-worn path that we could potentially follow? Right. I will hope and pray that, you know, my plus zero doesn't set us back. Hmm, 16.
1: Yeah, you were able
2: to find... Uh, what looks to be uh, burning hoof marks that lead further into the woods.
4: Not at all ominous.
2: No,
1: not at all.
3: Excellent. (laughs) So, since I'm in wolf form, I'll just, like, move my head and sort of, like, sneeze or whatever to get her attention and be like, let's go and start
4: trotting down the path. Okay. Off we go.
2: Follow the trail to where it appears to be a clearing. Um, As you get closer to clearing, you see that there's uh, appears to be a lake with a small island of land sitting in the middle. A toppled over tree is the only path over to the land. Uh, there you see what looks to be a cre- uh, creature with wild hair grooming what one of the 13... Uh, Horses that are on the small island as it feeds it the app feeds it at red those scarlet red apples.
4: What's the creature look like?
2: It looks like a um, older looking you can't really tell like an androgynous uh, person human with hair that's kind of just like just wild and going out everywhere. It's like knotted up. Um, there's some, some of it's braided, some of it's this wildly stuck together.
4: Okay.
2: And they are mumbling words to the horses as they groom and feed the, feed them.
4: Okay. Okay, um, I'm
3: gonna shapeshift back.
2: Okay.
4: Uh, quick question, as agents of Pandora, when we encounter... Like entities like this that are clearly doing wrong. What's our main objective? Are we supposed to kill them? Or are we supposed to capture them or what?
2: I mean, your objective is to stop what they're doing. That's your, that's your first objective. Okay. Uh, if it requires harming them, if it's necessary, yes, but if there's any other choice... They would okay. be preferable.
3: Okay. Okay. So let's subdue the Mara. Okay.
2: So this is it's one of those things that it's left up to the agent to figure out how best to deal with the situation. But the goal is for whatever they're doing is to be stopped.
4: So I'm kind of thinking that that Salvinia is going to... this. This is an island in a lake, right?
2: Yes. Yeah, so, so imagine like in the middle of the forest, there's like a lake that's kind of like a ring around what a couple of like a large. It's not like a huge island. Like you can see the entire thing from where you're standing. There's plenty of room for the 13 horses to move around and graze, but it's not like an enormous island.
3: Okay. And you said there was like a tree...
4: That you could use to get over to it.
2: Yeah, there's a collapsed tree that runs from the woods out across to the lake.
4: Oh, that's not necessary. Salvinia's getting in that water. Alright. Yeah, well Freca's not though. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean you could ride on her back or you could <laughs> walk over the, the tree. Your choice. It's water. She's going for it. I'm gonna err on not getting my pants wet because is already in, wet boots in the is not fun. already in the water. Going across. <laughs> Bye.
2: <laughs> Alright. So
4: in her horse form, still. Okay. <laughs> Freca's gonna take a uh, take the log route.
2: Okay. Well, how are you approaching the situation? We
4: we've it's it's we're on the island now, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we have a dripping wet horse and a now human form <laughs> Freka. So Salvini gonna kind of just look at Freka and kind of nudge Freka forward as the talker.
3: <laughs> yeah. So. I guess Freka says, Oi, Mara, and gets her attention. It's attention.
2: The Mara turns around to see who's speaking, and he's like,
1: What are you doing here? Why are you uh, in my forest?
3: We're here to bring home the people that you've stolen. We'd like to do it without any fuss. And we'd appreciate your uh, cooperation.
1: There's no people here, only the horses my horses
3: i think that your grasp on the word my and horses is suspect we know that those horses were once people including one named lauren hope
1: yes one of them that is true but we can both agree that horses are better than people and they're better this way
3: i won't disagree for the first point because sometimes horses are better than people but Uh, On the second, we will have to fundamentally disagree. These people were taken from their homes against their will and they need to be returned to their original form. And we're we're happy to take them off of your hands, but this cannot continue.
1: Then why should I do that?
3: Well, there will be consequences.
1: (laughs) Consequences from who? You?
3: Us, our agency, the rest of law enforcement and society. How many people could you really stand against? An entire town? The entirety of Tome?
1: Law enforcement, most of the horses are the king's men. In fact, all of my horses are all the king's men. Well, except for these, of course.
4: I think at this point, Salvinia is going to pipe up uh, because she, she's angry again. And that's when she mm-hmm. talks. <laughs> We're from Pandora.
2: Alright, so I'm gonna have you roll a talk Come One dice.
4: Okay, that's a twelve. That's an exchange. I'll
3: take it. Good job, babe.
1: <laughs> then the more continues, Well, Pandora I don't want to have to deal with you. How about this? You give me a reason to give them back. That's better than the reason I have for having them. And then we can make a deal.
4: Why do you have them?
1: I like horses. Very much. I don't like people very much. And if these authors spend all their time as horses, they will write more stories of horses. And I will have more horses.
4: They can't write stories of horses if they are always horses.
1: Of course they can. They are only here to imagine, but when they go back to where they come, they will write stories about horses because they will spend their time here as horses.
4: A Quick out of character thing. <laughs> they can't go back while they're trapped here as horses, right? That, no. Like part of the issue is they can't write.
2: Right, that is part of the issues. Like, right. like authors come here when they're imagining, and when they're not, they're not here. But being trapped, as in these forms, they're effectively stuck. Right. So, yes, there is a flaw in the Mars logic.
4: And they're they're stuck <laughs> as they can't go back, or they're stuck as in their imagination is so limited that they're unable to write.
2: Effectively, they're stuck in a state where If you only came here to imagine, but the only thing you imagined was your nightmare and you could not leave it, that's where they're at. Right.
1: Right.
4: Okay. Right. That's not good. That's a pretty serious case of (laughs) rubbish block, I think. (laughs) Okay.
2: So, eventually, every time they try to imagine something, it's being a horse trapped on an island in a nightmarish forest.
4: Right, okay, well, Salvinia's ready to start in on another lecture. Um, Does Freya want to get anything in edgewise before Salvinia lets loose her lecture? She's taking a real deep breath. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Freka's
3: starting to lose her patience a little, and she goes, that line of logic makes no sense, but here's an idea. These people are authors. You want them to create horses, Authors often will write things of their own design, but one can also commission authors to write things that you want to see in the world. So I think that it would probably be better and you would get better horses, better quality horses, horses that actually want to be here. If you returned these 13 and we could have our office commission a series of books about horses who do things. And therefore, we would be able to free these people and let them live their lives, but also add more horses to the world.
1: The Mara looks like they're contemplating the idea. How would I, wouldn't but won't I have less horses that way? I'm, I'm sure I would. This way, I know I have horses. The other way, I have to hope I'll have horses.
4: Well, I mean, I mean there's- there's plenty of places with horses. I mean, you could just visit one of the places that has lots of horses.
2: All right, this is going to be a talk check.
4: <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> because you're talking about Lamar's favorite topic, it will be raised.
4: Oh, wow. I rolled a 19. That means I get a boon, doesn't it? Or No, this talk nuts. ah. Uh.
3: <laughs> Whatever. A 19 is great. It is great. great. Love that. What? Love reasons that. Raises
4: don't take it past win, right? You don't no. get them. Yeah, that's what I thought. Oh, well, that's fine. Um, so, basically, uh, Salvinia is going to talk about what she thinks is the appropriate, fair way to handle the situation, which is that there's, let's see, I'm guessing there's probably, like, some sort of, Space like the whole Black Beauty series was giant, and there's multiple other prominent horse series. Um, so there's probably just like an island where horses are running wild, and then there's probably some other place that has like stables and things uh, for all of the stable focused genre.
3: <laughs> there are so many seasons of My Little Pony.
4: Oh, yeah, there's probably there a so many little, horses My Little Pony Land as well. <laughs> Um, How
2: are you going to solve this problem with my little honey? I love this.
4: Okay. Wait, she, <laughs> Equestria. That's what it's called.
2: Yes. <laughs> There's
4: a whole land called Equestria. So, and basically, some of those can even fly. Salvinia starts talking about, like, uh, so if you want to spend time with horses, the most appropriate thing to do is to go down and visit Equestria or Black Beauty Island. And, and so she's going to start describing all of these places, and that's the appropriate way to get horses and hang out with horses without getting into trouble.
1: Hmm. And so I give you these authors and you'll do that for me? I can go to these places?
4: Certainly can go to these places. Quick question out of character. Um, Is it hard to get to? Are different places hard to get to? Is it kind of like an issue of, like this entity was maybe just trapped in their own genre and just didn't know these other places existed?
2: I mean, it's it's more of the that there are so many different genres and stories that no one entity would know all of them. So they probably know the adjacent genres uh, okay. more actively than they would know something that's very different.
4: Sure. Okay. So in that case, Salvinia is going to say... Yes, if you give us these authors, then we will give you a map to some places that have horses so you can go spend time with horses. But
3: is going to jump in and say, this is for visiting and for friendship. They need to stay in their homes just like you need to stay in your home. So please make sure that you respect their boundaries and their wishes, but they will be excellent Horse friends, and you'll get to see
4: new places.
1: But I, I get to keep the kingsmen, though, right? They make very good horses.
4: They do make good horses.
3: You know, I'm not motivated <laughs> to have them turn back. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I, I'd be fine with
4: this compromise. <laughs> um, so, Salvinia is really big on injustice, and so Salvinia says, while they're in horse form, they're trapped in their nightmares, right? Like they're... Yes.
1: yes. So yeah, are.
4: no, we we can't do that. I mean, if they were just turned into horses, that'd be fine. I mean, there's some consent issues there, for sure. But we, we can't. Yeah, we it's can't. The living nightmare. We, we can't make them trapped in nightmares. I'm afraid. Um, but. I will say that you'll probably get more enjoyment out of engaging with people who are not trapped in nightmares as horses. Actual horses. I find actual horses a lot more fun to talk to than people, personally. People are, like, so hard to talk to a lot of the time. But horses... horses are just... they're easier.
1: Okay, I suppose... I want the map first before I give you the the horses. You have a deal.
3: How about we get the authors first, and then we exchange, and then we get the other half of the horses?
1: Fair enough.
3: Excellent. And if it helps, once we turn the Kingsmen back, I think it would be fair to ask them if some of them would prefer to be horses. And then it can be a consent thing but you have to be okay if they say no. Is that all right?
1: Okay, we can do that.
3: Excellent. Thank you. Power of consent. <laughs> Listen, friendship and consent are magic. <laughs> all right, so I pull out a map from one of my many magical pockets. And I hand it over. Well, are you still a horse?
4: Uh, I'm still a horse. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I mean, so I have it open. I feel like and that's I, helping me win this conversation.
3: <laughs> it, I feel like is, you're correct.
4: It, it. <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: so I hold up the map and I nudge you and hope, hope that you point out the horse lands that you know and I, I'll mark them on the map.
4: Okay.
2: So the Mara will take that and explain to you, like, well... Once they stop eating the apples it'll be after some time they'll turn back effectively the apples were keeping them asleep and then while they were asleep they were couldn't ex- wake up from the nightmare they're in which allowed the to keep turning them into a horse
1: Okay oh, so
3: question <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> are the apples themselves just like soporific apples or are they nightmare inducing apples um, be- because if the Mara wants some like extra cash, she can turn those apples into like a sleeping pill that she can Alexa that she can sell for people who have insomnia, and maybe that'll help her get some friends.
2: They're they're <laughs> not in and of themselves nightmare inducing other than okay. where they grow at. at. <laughs> okay, it's like as long as you, you don't let that. them know that it came from a dark forest with a nightmare <laughs> of a nightmare. I mean, they'll probably be fine.
3: All right. Well, we'll we'll leave the encounter as friendship and consent is magic, and not let's lead the Mara into a newer entrepreneurial (laughs) franchise.
2: (laughs) All right. So you uh, get what you set out to accomplish, and you resolve the. the case of the missing authors indeed i mean the epilogue can be that after all this was over you like started a lucrative sleeping (laughs) like restful sleep (laughs) (laughs) oh
3: my gosh Oh, i can totally see this it's like you've got one of those little like potion bottles and it has, like, a horse on it, obviously, and it's like, <laughs> sleep well.
4: It's apple extract, you just take a couple drops under yeah. your tongue and go to sleep. Exactly, it's a
3: tincture, <laughs> no known side effects, it's fine. It could just
4: be apple juice, honestly.
2: <laughs> well, no snake oil. Uh, yeah.
3: It's humane, <laughs> it's organic, it's vegan.
1: <laughs>
4: Cruelty-free. <laughs> Sort of, <laughs> sort of. Right. Currently cruelty free since.
2: All right. So at this point, I think we're we can close the story uh, with the of the Lamar being has started his own, um, Brony, fan club.
0: Phenomenal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay
2: the kingsmen decide to stay as hor- horses because, you know, their nightmare pervue, which was sitting at a desk a day after day for the rest of their lives and they're like, you know what? Being a horse isn't so bad.
4: I mean, full legit. How many of them decide to stay?
2: <laughs> like, maybe like a dozen or so. Maybe two dozen.
4: Goodness. Well, oh, as long as they're not trapped that's... in nightmares in the process of transformation, that's kind of the most important part there.
2: <laughs> no, well, they're, they're able to find a more humane way to become horses.
4: That's
3: good. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god <laughs> or a more I love horse main way. I don't know.
4: <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Excellent. Right. I love it. I'm so glad I chose a horse form for this. <laughs>
3: Me too. Me
2: too. <laughs> <That> was- <laughs> <laughs> when you chose the next guy, was like. <laughs> Oh, my God, this is going to be great. I love this. <laughs> All right. So thank you for, for joining me as we explored the world at home. I hope everyone had fun. Um, we're going to go around the table one more time. We'll start with uh, Whitney this time. You can tell us uh, where people can find you and other projects you're working on.
3: Yeah, so my name is Whitney Johnson, and you can find me on Twitter at EditrixWat. Um, hit me up. I work in um, developmental editing, as well as just talking about stuff in general, lots of media stuff. And um, I'm a voice actor um, appearing currently in Kalila Stormfire's Economical Magic Services, The Nuclear
4: Solution, and Take the Mass Pike, with some more coming up.
2: All right, Faye.
4: Yeah, uh, so uh, my name is Faye Onyx. I'm most active on Twitter, where you can find me at writing underscore alchemy. I'm also on Facebook at facebook.com slash writing alchemy. And the main place to find all of my creative work is writingalchemy.net. I have my own podcast. It's a actual play podcast where we play various kind of one shots and shorter games. And basically, it's um, people with disabilities, chronic illnesses, and divergent minds playing characters who have disabilities, chronic illnesses, and divergent minds. Because uh, there's just not enough authentic representation of uh, disability out there uh, and disabled heroes. So that's what we're doing is we're making some some uh, disabled heroes. I also have a whole bunch of resources uh, specifically around accessibility in tabletop role-playing games. And I'm working on my own game system as well, which is um, a very kind of humorous rules-light system called Magic Goes Awry. So you can uh, check out my website if you want to find out more about that.
2: And I'm John, I was your GM for the evening. You can find me on Twitter as Sleepy, S-L-E-Y-P-Y. I am a player in on the podcast, TRF Podcast, and I play the character Dust, the superhero, on Heroes of Cipher.
3: Thanks so much for having yeah, us. thank you yeah. so much. Thank
2: you for joining. I was really excited to run this game. I, when I was selected, I was super happy.
3: Yeah. <laughs> well it's super fun. Yeah. Gotta love playing a redeemed villain. And it was <laughs> great playing with you both.
4: Yeah, it was an awesome setting and a great game.
2: Audio editing was done by Theron Stape, whose work you can find at workzone.com. Fayonix put in the music and sound effects. Music was from Kevin McLeod at Incomprotech.com. Sound effects were from freesound.org. Detailed music and sound effects credits can be found in the show notes, along with links to the game system and all the awesome podcasts that were mentioned here. This episode was a special crossover one-shot created for International Podcast Month, which is happening right now this September. You can find episodes from a variety of podcasts, blog posts, and more at internationalpodcastmonth.com. Follow International Podcast Month on Twitter at PodMonth. And please use the hashtag IPM2019 to comment on this episode and any other special International Podcast Month feature.
0: The intro and outro music for all IPM episodes is Morning Dew by Liquid and used under a Creative Commons license. The link is in the show notes. You can support International Podcast Month via coffee or PayPal and by retweeting, sharing, and talking about the event using the IPM 2019 hashtag. Head on over to internationalpodcastmonth.com for the month-long blog and information on the event. International Podcast Month. Celebrating creators, sharing listeners.